Hello and welcome to episode two of the Flames Fancast. I hope if you listened to episode one, you loved it and you're back for more. Uh, if this is your first episode, have a listen to episode one or listen to this one too and carry on. Uh, we hope you like it a lot. So last time we talked about the Flames players. We talked about goaltending, defense, forwards, prospects, where they be, where, we, where they shake down, how things were looking for the Flames this season. Today we're going to talk about things more in an off-ice perspective, talk about some contracts, talk about management, talk about the Flames arena, see how those things are going. So here it is, Flames Fancast episode two. Hope you like it. Okay, to start off, Jink, Sam Bennett, our largest RFA free signing, oh, sorry, to be re-signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about his contract situation right now? I think you've got to sign it for probably like three years, and uh, like you, he's an RFA, as you said, so I mean, we do have the upper hand on this whole thing in terms of negotiating what kind of contract he's going to get. I'd probably give him about three or two and a half or something like that, and just for two, three years, give him a few more years to start getting him to show him so, you know, so like show a, some stuff. Like a bridge contract. Yeah. Just some, a couple of years to prove yourself, and then... Yeah, because like, the reality is that there aren't, like, he'll have opportunities to show himself. He has had opportunities. Last season, he did, they did put him on the first line when Goudreau and, and Monaghan couldn't get along with, um, I, you know what, I'm forgetting his name. Ferlin. Right? Fer, well, Ferlin. Well, Brower. Brower, right? Like, that was not working. And so they tried Bennett, they tried Ferlin, and Ferlin was more of a long-term solution. Chase Allen was up there. Chase Allen was up there. So that's what I think. I mean, I don't know your take on it, but... Um, I think, it's I, I think that wow, it, it's tough. Like nothing's been done yet, so negotiations are ongoing. But I do think the Flames believe in Bennett. They want to keep Bennett, but how much money do you really want to put in this guy? And how much is he really going to to produce for you? You know, he was drafted the same year as Drysaitel, and you look at the comparison of those two players. His contract, eight point five million for eight, is is massive. I'm not sure that's that's a good contract. I mean, one uh, a season like that, sure, but wow, if he doesn't perform, you're you're really you're really on the hook for eight point five million each year. Bennett's not going to command anywhere near that money. But again, you know this RFA market, you've seen a lot of deals that are mm-hmm. totally different depending on. It's hard to find a benchmark deal for for a Bennett type player, really. So saying, okay, you know, this player got X amount of dollars in X amount of years. Well, that's what Sam Bennett's is going to get. His situation is pretty unique in terms of the RFAs out there. So I'm 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 at a bit of a bit of a loss to see what the Flames are going to do. I think too, it'll be a, a bridge contract, two or three years around that three million term, just like you said, but. It's hard, it's hard to say. I mean, I can't really see us paying more for him than that. I don't think he can make an argument for more either. No, no and I mean, if you look at him too, the amount of absolutely ridiculous penalties he takes. Mm-hmm. You, you can just be like, you have the game on, you're watching, you hear Flames penalty, you're like, it's Sam Bennett, and lo and behold, there it is, offensive zone, mm-hmm. slashing or hooking calls. It's like those penalties that no one ever wants to see anyone take. And he's done those, and you're like, oh, no, not again. But Sam. he had, like, glimpses of, like, awesome games where he would, like, get two or three points, look like he's just carrying the game on his shoulders. Like, I remember the one Pittsburgh Penguins game, we were at home, and he had, I think he had a hat trick that game. I think, yeah, he, yeah. he, like, has, he, was, he has a tremendous this, amount of yeah, upside. He's got potential. And but he has skill. How do you get the best out of him? <laughs> like, I, no, but, like, I'm sure, like, look, Trevor probably discussed it. You know, Gullickson's probably disgusted. Like, 
how do you get the best out of Because the first line doesn't need him. Well, where would he play then for him to be best? Well, right now it's third line because second line is... Centering that third line or winging that third line? I think you try to keep these guys in their natural positions as possible. If they well, believe we have, in we Bennett, have so many centers. We have so many. Totally. If they believe in Bennett, then you got to start moving some guys around, start trading some guys, and then build that third line around them. <laughs> yeah, who, would you, right? who would you trade, though? But, but that's what I mean. And like, who, you, who would you get? But you're not giving this guy an opportunity to like really show stuff. You're sitting there putting him on the wing. Like I, I don't know how effective it is to play a player in his like exact position when they're up front like that like wow. organizationally I mean, we have a huge dearth at right wing absolutely we have we have we have gluttony of everything else so the question is do we start moving some players around on trades to start putting some like emphasis on okay hey bennett you're the center of the third line we're gonna get you a right winger and a left winger go for it this is your next two years that you need to start stepping it up for us well right now it looks like he's on a line with Brower. Yeah. And. Anyone take him yet? Brower? Anyone, <laughs> think anyone called for this guy? No, I don't. Anybody? The phone's ringing off the hook. Oh, yeah. There's an <laughs> echo in here. <laughs> what do you take for Troy? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, you see what I'm getting at, though? Like, I think he needs kind of that environment to start showing his stuff. And that environment is a line where he's playing his natural position. He can't do that on the first yeah. line, can't do that on the second line. So all that's left is the third line. You're sure shit not putting on the fourth line. Well, who else is there? There's Lazar and there's Stajan. Stajan's probably centering the fourth line. I wouldn't mind if that guy just went. Uh, they we don't, don't need They him. don't just go, though. I know. He's, in, he's embedded in the Calgary But, I mean, he Calgary just has lineup. to clear waivers if he's just trying to set him down, right? Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they like having the veteran presence of Stajan there. I suppose. But, I mean, I don't think he really adds anything anymore. Well, I mean, we're not in the dressing room, so maybe you're right. Maybe it's, he's like a great dude to have around. But still, that, that's another, how much how much value is there in that, right? You know, but there's, there's another conversation about that, right? Really contributing on the ice. Yeah, like if you think about the Hamilton situation, right? Like, did they just bring up his brother just to right appease you know, the guy, make yeah, him happy? Like, you, there's uh, there's a point where ah, he seems to be lingering around the team. Maybe. Yeah, but I mean, there's a point at which you don't put the the, t- uh, the players ahead of the team, right? Like if you're gonna have to do this, then maybe we got a bigger problem in our hands. That we just I just hope that though there's 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 spots on the fourth line this year that are available for people who step up and show that they want it. Yeah, I, agree. I, I hope that if a young player, any young player, has that preseason of a lifetime and they're really earning their place in training camp and they're working hard and they're showing that they want to be here, they want to play at the NHL level. I think they deserve that chance. Yeah. And then we, as an organization, have to make adjustments accordingly because okay, I've got this young talented player who's 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 earned it and i can't i can't just give that spot to that veteran guy just because i think you and i are so i think we're on the same page saying bennett definitely needs a shot to like really start flourishing he's got he's got the potential does he have the environment yet probably not but it's up to the club to figure that out i guess i yeah i mean i don't want to see him traded i want to see him kept but yeah I think a contract needs to work for both sides. It looks like a shorter term contract, two point five to three three range dollars. Hopefully, there's no big surprises on that. Hopefully, it just comes out soon. Yeah. I'd rather them get it sorted sooner rather than later, so they can go into training camp with a clear mind rather than having these. Yeah. You know, I remember Goudreau's contract lingering and lingering and lingering and lingering. Well, that was horrible. Like it was horrible for everyone. And I mean, Goudreau is a a central player for this team, but still, no one no one wants that. 
And he was super pouty the first, like, ten games of the season. Like, you could... Like, he was visibly pissed that he had to sign that deal because I think his agent in his mind screwed up. Yeah. And it took him a long time to get over it, too. I know. I'm like, he, was, he was crying about it for a while. <laughs> but, I mean, once he we love you, Goudreau, started playing his hockey, he was much better. But again, those long protracted contract situations, let's avoid that. Let's try and get this deal well, then done. Then what do you Okay, so Drysaddle. What about him? I mean, you got that long, overpriced, overvalued <laughs> and potentially underdelivering guy later in in his career, right? I mean, like don't you think that anybody that plays with, with McDavid is just going to do well anyway? He made well Pat anyway? Maroon look like a great well, player. Absolutely. Made him look amazing. Pat Maroon was in the minors for how long? And, like, he finally started making the NHL, but he was on, like, third line and, Anaheim. And was, like, Chris, just... Chris Kunitz made Team Canada because of Chris, Sidney Crosby. Exactly. You know, McDavid is a, is a Crosby caliber player, man. Let's not be confused. He's, he's a, he is a phenomenal hockey player. Yeah. Um, but I think the Oilers must see something else in Dreisaitl saying we're going we're gonna to pin our franchise on these two guys. Yeah. Because if you look at their defense, which is pretty much all signed long term, like it's absolute shit. Like, totally. Sekera, yeah. Russell, Clefbaum. Yeah. I don't know the rest of the garbage that they have yeah. playing on defense. It's a terrible there. team. But, I mean, those guys really... And if Talbot, Talbot had an amazing season last year. Yeah. Can he really replicate that? Yeah, we'll see. Like, I mean, a lot of here, things went right for Edmonton last year, too. Totally. And we're obviously, Flames fans, we're not here to talk about the Oilers, but it was, it was a good contrast to see, like, okay, Drysdale's contract's this. You know, Bennett's kind of like an up-and-coming guy for us. How much do we put money into this guy? How long? I mean, I think he stays for two, three years. Let's just see. That's a character. Bennett, Bennett was drafted one spot after Drysdale, wasn't he? Yeah. One so. I mean, the, the carrot's there. You got two years... Yeah, Dude, show us, I think right? he's the kind of guy. I, I at least I hope. I, I tend to think this for all sporting professionals, but they, they want it, They want. They're motivated to succeed, and they always want to do the best that and they do can. Better every time, so, every day that passes. Yeah, and I'm sure money plays something into that. But so, which leads us to the whole okay, handling Bennett, handling contracts, the Flames organization. <laughs> all right, it's funny because I don't even know what's going on in our organization <laughs> now. Me personally, the hierarchy I see in this club is Ken King's president, CEO, whatever. Then the next one is basically Brian Burke. It feels like he's yeah. like, he's almost like the, the you know, pre-Russian like, revolution before Putin became like president after prime minister. Like, kind of this like guy pulling all the strings from behind. Like, and then he's got Trelleving, who's his prime minister in a way, right? Like... And Trelleving's kind of doing his bidding, but, you know, he has a bit of his own, obviously his own leash, like, do what he wants, and then you have the coach and whatever. But where is Burke? What, what is he doing? And is Trelleving actually doing what a GM should do? Because I've always been arguing this with people. Uh, well, Trelleving, uh, Burke, on the Flames website, Burke's picture comes first when it says <laughs> managerial. It says they have Brian Burke... <laughs> President of Hall, and then Treliving. Yeah. And if you remember, Burke hired Treliving. Yeah. So he was the one responsible for picking a GM. So I think ostensibly you have Burke in the hierarchical sense of things is above Treliving. But how things shake out under the scenes, you, know, you don't really see Burke do much. He gets you know, taken out every now and then to pontificate about the new arena or lack thereof. Yeah. And I'm not so sure about that. Like, I still think 
that might have been scripted from the flames. Like they're just saying, we do not condone what Brian Burke was saying, but they wanted it out there. And they're like, well, we'll just wheel this guy out. He's going to say what we needed to have said. And then we'll just say we didn't actually mean it. Yeah, but he also said, like, if you, I think you and I actually talked about this uh, over a beer, but like, it wasn't that, it wasn't Burke that said it, it was actually Ken King that said it, and then Burke just reiterated what Ken King said, I think. If I remember this right. Burke was at that luncheon with all the oil bigwigs and said, like, we're gonna leave, we're gonna go to Quebec, basically. Basically, or, or but if we have to go, we can go to Quebec, which I just is remember, silly. I just remember King saying, like, it's not a threat. We'll just get. Yeah, that was wild. That was before yeah, that was though. Wild, but then yeah. everything, everything kind of quiets down. Yeah, right? exactly. You never hear about it for a while, yeah. and then all of a sudden, there's oh, we need more media attention. Yeah. So they say it. People talk about it for three days, and then they forget about it again, right? You know, Trump's done something else stupid, and that takes yeah, the headlines. So, exactly. but and, yeah, getting back to the question, I think Burke is just. I think when they first had him come in, they, they really respected what he'd done with some organizations and how he'd kind of handled things, whether that be good or bad, you know, Vancouver, Anaheim, Toronto. And, and now, you know, I think Treliving can really hold his own, but they like having that structure in there. Maybe it, they, they work really well together. Yeah, I mean, you never really hear much about Burke. It's always Treliving. And I think... True living, you know, you kind of see some similarities. Like Burke will trade, Burke's trades and True Living's trades, the Hamilton deal, the Houndish deal. Uh, who else did we get in trade recently? Mike Smith. Yeah. There's someone else I'm forgetting, I think. But, you know, we've consistently done these kind of deadline day deals where we're trading away mm -hmm. first or second round picks for. Quality NHL players, which, if you look at our draft history, is a is a, is a is a great idea. Yeah. Because we draft unless we're in the high draft positions, we draft like crap. Like our drafting sucks. It's been Very horrible so. for years. So the fact that at least someone in the organization is smart enough to say we, we suck at this. Yeah. Let's just take someone who we know is good and is going to fit into our system. I'm I'm okay with that by and large. Yeah. But, you know, at the top, I think. It's amazing how many guys it takes to manage a hockey team. It really is. Like, you look how many people there are to manage, the managerial side. Mm -hmm. there's, there's five guys listed on the website. It's like a team of 23 players. And I know it's more than that. There's a lot more than that. But yeah. this is the management side. Yeah. The management side. So you've got, and then on top of that, you've got the coaching staff too. Yeah. Like, th th that's a lot. It's yeah. a lot of guys. So, I don't know. Maybe someone goes around and makes sure Goudreau's in bed by 11 o'clock each <laughs> night or something. I don't know. Well, hopefully he doesn't party or anything as much as we hear. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, and I think, uh, you know, Burke and Trelving must be on the same wavelength for them to work so well together for the last few years here. Well, what do we really know about it, right? Well, we don't know much about it, but that's probably why it works well. Because... If there was problems between those two, you'd think that there'd be no, rumors coming. No, out. these guys are way they're they're too they're savvy enough that they'd never want that out. I don't know, man. Like you know, Burke doesn't exactly have a clean closet himself. Like if you <laughs> do a few Google searches on this guy, you'll find some things. Like I'm not gonna actually talk about it, but you know, I'm sure the listeners who you know, I'm sure they know what I'm talking about. But the point is that like they probably do work well together. Like I mean, no one's quit. <laughs> like. 
you know, it, it does seem to have some sort of process or at least some form of like organized chaos in the, in the organization at worst. Um, but I think like as a long term view, you do need to have an organization full of management that is all on the same page. Like if the Flames truly are saying, OK, our weakness is scouting right now. So we're going to start trading our draft picks for guys that are already scouted that are starting to do on the A. And wow. then we'll just take That's just us saying that, right? I, yeah. don't actually, <clears throat> I don't actually think they believe that. I Probably think not. they no, think that their not. scouting network is good. And they think that what they're scouting is good. But I think they see that they can get these deals. Yeah. From a fan's perspective, like if you look, historically saying, Rico Fata, Greg Nemich, like our first, these guys suck. Like yeah. not even, didn't even touch the NHL. Yeah. Not That's even true. close. That's and true. you know our 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 marquee player was a fourth round pick, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden just turned it up. And then you know we're going for these college guys too, and we're still having remnants from that Dion Phaneuf deal. That guy's still kicking it, still there, still doing good. Yeah, but it's just interesting to me because I was reading an article on uh, kind of ESPN was giving their take on what's going to be like the best NHL team in like five years in terms of like what they've scouted, who they've basically brought into their systems and like developing right now the flames are nowhere near anywhere near the top like we are i for like espn had us down to like 18th or something like that like i think hockey's or the hockey news had us around like 16th or 15th like mid table mid table yeah mid mid middle of the package which is kind of what i expected but you look at the flyers for example the flyers are first in almost all those reports right now they're supposed to have some crazy ass team by in five years, like they've been fully focused on drafting well and trading like established players to get more drafts. They're sitting there getting picks, 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 picks. They're putting full confidence in their scouts to bring in all these players. They got alternatives for every single position by the looks of it. Like, do the Flames go there? Does Burke have that kind of vision? I think Trelleving has more of that vision. I think Burke is more of the as you were saying. The big trade, like giving yeah. up two big players for another two big players, shaking it up. Um, well, that's kind of what we've done. I mean, judging by our goalie debacle, like it doesn't seem like we have a plan really for that yet. But well, we have all those goalies in the pipe. We just, I think, we really need to give one a, give chance. a chance. Like yeah. how many, how how many seasons these guys got to play in the AHL? Yeah, and they just got to back each other up. Yeah. Like Why? I'm all about, I'm all about scouting. I'm all about not overpaying for players. I'm all about being able to be open to a team that calls me and says, hey, I want Goodrow, and I know that I have player XYZ in the farm. One's probably ready to come in, and I'll get back more draft picks and maybe a player that I can just kind of bring in more of a veteran to help this new guy then bring it up and then just recycle, reuse, recycle over and over again. Have this like system of youth and a system, first team system, and just keep it going. Right? You know, That's it, what I would do. But It's just surprising too. Like You think about... I think I'm thinking about Ordeo here and how he was a prospect that looked good. He had a chance in the NHL. It wasn't by any means horrible. No, we fucked that up. But we just let him go. We and then, that up. you know, we we keep giving players like Jankowski. He's still around. And what what keep, what keeps him still around? Just mm-hmm. always waiting in the wings, always waiting for yeah. his chance. And even even Bennett to an extent, like we we have a lot of leeway for this young player. We have a lot of leeway for him. But Ordeo was just Cut it was, it was bullshit because he came in that year. He won the four or five games in a row. He loses one game, and then they send him back down the minors. That that's bullshit. Like, if he's playing that well right off the hop, you keep playing him. 
it, you know, one loss, who gives a shit? So what if he won the next game? And then the game after that? All of a sudden, in eight games, you've only lost one game. Hmm. That's pretty damn good for a goal. That was our chance to have like a, you know, like a Holtby type thing happen to us or a Murray type thing happen to us where everybody's injured. Bring this guy in. Fuck it. If he's playing great, just keep playing yeah. the guy. We fucked up there. Like, I won't forget well, that. Well, where is he now? He's well, so, I think he's in Europe somewhere. Yeah, we probably just destroyed his confidence and that's <laughs> it. He just ran away. Like, I don't blame the guy. When life throws you lemons, you just say fuck it and bail. Like, <laughs> anyway. So, that's actually not my philosophy. But by, anyway. by and large, organizationally speaking, the way we've... We've shaked up. And we just signed Don Maloney, who was the old GM of Phoenix. He's now the, the VP of Hockey Operations, which yeah. is like the Brian Burke Jr. Yeah. He, in True Living, has Craig Conroy as his yeah. understudy. And some so we almost guys. have like four GMs. Yeah, we have, that's what I'm saying, a lot of guys up there. Is this good for the Flames, or is this, is this bad? I don't know. I think if they're on the same mindset, it could be good. It's the theory of having... More than one processor in a computer, right? The more they have, the better. But they all have to work. Somebody medicine, cooks in right? the kitchen, right? But then exactly, like, like my thought is, I think it's too much now. Like, I don't know much about Maloney. I know a little bit more about Burke and Chelving, and to extent Conroy. But I mean, even right now, like I'm looking at the Flames, going like we're still not really progressing. Like you look at the last few years, we barely made the playoffs last year. We had some ridiculous run to make the playoffs. Before that, we were, you know, we weren't great. And then the year before that, we had, uh, you know, a great uh, season with um, uh, old coach. Sorry. Hartley. Hartley. Like, won the, won the, and he won the, the trophy he wins. Well, he won the uh, he coach won of the year, Coach right? of the year trophy. So, um, we're Jack Adams. So, he, I mean, we're still not really improving. It's almost like we're sideways. See, like, right? so maybe, you know, our rebuild, if you... And I'm just comparing us to Edmonton, which is, I'm sorry, Flame, but their rebuild is a joke. Whereas our rebuild, it was hard. It was like one or two seasons, and then we're first-round playoffs or second-round playoffs. And now we're, now it's, I think the rebuild's done. Like, we have a team that looks like it can be a contender. Now, there's a few very, very, very large question marks there. Like, one, scoring. Brower. Like, uh, that, that second line has to perform like it did last year. Oh, yeah. And goaltending. Yeah. I don't think there's any question marks about our defense, really, but goaltending. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I still feel like it's all kind of sideways. Like, you're saying that we should be able to use this group now, if I'm understanding you. Well, that's like, what, I think that's what we've done. Like, if we're trading away first-round picks yeah. to get Hamannick. Yes, this is the now. This is now. This is the now. I think it just doesn't feel like it for me, though. Like I don't. We don't have that bona fide star to be. You, like, you, you could. You, what you're saying is basically we look like kind of you know a San Jose team. Yeah. That can always. They always look like a contender, but they're never gonna go the full distance. Yeah. There's. There's no. There's no game changer. It's like player. your girlfriend from grade nine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But but yeah. But there's no game changer player. Do we have a game changer player? Like, do we have a guy that's going to, like, take Goudreau. the team on his shoulders? Goudreau in three-on-three. Three. Oh, my goodness. Well, for sure. But, like, think of just a Ginla in, his, in that. Yeah, that one year, 2004, sure. Right, but he was, even the seasons prior to that, you know, when he had 50 goals, like, he was still Good. He was, carrying yeah. the team. Like, he was a superstar. He was a game-changing total, like... See, but I, I don't think we have that. I agree with you, but I think the team is built around not having that player. 
I just feel like you need that, though. I feel like it seems more and more like you do need that kind of player, especially when you look at Pittsburgh, who back-to-back cups, Crosby, Malkin. Yeah. Latang was injured all playoffs. Their defense was junk, but they had a good goalie. Yeah. But they still... They, they just sweep the floor, like even with Washington every time. How, if you're Washington, how do you feel? You're like in a, it, it, You feel like shit. You're yeah, this like, is a nemesis that you can't beat. Yeah, we don't know what to do. And then you just say, I win the President's Trophy, but I lose to Pittsburgh every time. And they just yeah. look at you and they laugh. It's right? like a curse to win the President's Trophy. Yeah, well, you're, maybe you're tired from all that winning. No, <laughs> no I, I, a lot, a lot of time. No, I agree with you. And like, again, like, so it comes back, comes back to our question. Is there too many cooks in the kitchen now? I think so. But like, I think they're all. I think they're all on the same page. But they must be all on the same page because again, we're not really. You know, no one's quitting. No one's getting fired. Nothing's happening. Like, but maybe maybe Ken King is just saying this is the way I want to do it, and that's how it is, and they're okay. I suppose that's but true. I don't know if they. I I don't know. He but, seems quite astute. He's quite other, savvy. That's the other. I don't know. This it kind of brings in the other question of like who has what power amongst that trio of like guys now like i think they all consult each other and at the end of the day they they have certain a trade the final decision rests with Trilliving or burke and you know maybe coaching style and decisions rest with gulatzan all this different stuff mm-hmm. but i think i think one guy has the final say but they all they all talk about any major yeah. decisions i suppose like it just it just this you know i feel like we're the only club in the league where a fan can look at a trade and be like, oh, that was such a Burke trade, or that was totally Trelving signing. Like, we, we always have those odd comments that come out. Like, even when you go on TSN and you see all the comments after, like, a trade or a mm. signing happens, you see people being like, oh, this was such a Burke move. Like, I don't f- think that a club should ever really have that, where it's like... You kind of want that wild card feel, right? Yeah, I guess that's a good point, actually. I didn't think about it that way. I don't know. It, it does seem... Who are you dealing with, Burke or Trilliving? You never know. I mean, if I'm a GM of like the Sharks, I think I'm calling Trilliving first. But <laughs> <laughs> what if he's you know in the shower? Then you're gonna call you're gonna call Burke. Like, wow. uh, it's like, hey, you know, Berkey, I uh, couldn't get a hold of. Uh, Brad. We usually call the Sharks. <laughs> oh, yeah. you guys, uh, got any goalies? <laughs> yeah, Second got any goalies we could give you a we trade bag picks. of pucks for? Exactly. So we go for management. Let's talk about how they've been, you know, we did touch on it, but let's talk about the arena a little bit more. I mean, um, you know, this, these guys have been starting to play some hardball here with the city. You know, things are being said in the media that's, you know, like, whether it was Ken King saying, like, we're not threatening, we'll just go. And yeah. then Burke kind of reiterating that whole thing. Like, do, do we come to a point where, you know, we have these meetings with the city and then she's like, no. This bark, the market... This, um, the market is too good. Like every seat is sold every game. And you, you, you go to every game, it costs, it costs a lot of money. And yeah. people go and they spend money when they go there. Yeah. And it's a good market. You have the, you have the sea of red, people buying jerseys, buying merchandise, paraphernalia, whatever. Um, going to Quebec, not, it's not, not going to be the same. No. Especially since you're a Western Canadian hockey team. And you kind of have that in your ethos, mm-hmm. and you're—that's—that's that's really your, your identity too. And all of a sudden, you just pack up and go over to Quebec. I don't think that's going to shake down. None of that seems so realistic well. for sure. It's just 
it's just bad that it's coming to a point where we have well up up you know high end guys saying like hey we're not we're not threatening we're just gonna go like again I think it's all it's all posturing right for sure it is. they're trying to posture themselves to get money and I, from from a from a purely human perspective taking the fan aside like I love the Flames I love being a fan but. You know, I have a problem with public money going towards that kind of private domain. And this is good now because I actually don't have a problem with it. But it's public. It's public dollars. Like, what is the? You can't justify if there's people in this city who aren't Flames fans and their tax dollars go towards a new arena. Yeah. I mean, that's. And you look at these cities that are spending tax money on it. It's it's a huge burden. Now that could all change if we if we do an Olympic bid for twenty twenty six. We have a bit accepted. Let's say we win. Well, then then she's hooped. Yeah, but an argument can be made that the Olympics don't make cities money at all either. Like, yeah, well, I mean, they, we, they were even saying, council vetoed it. They were going to have a, an Olympic plebiscite. Yeah. But before or, or with the election, I don't know. But then they said, no, that's not a thing that we're going to do. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think it's, I just think it's good for your city to have that. The Olympics and are, Calgary and, has really shifted towards being a more cultural place than just a straight up business conglomerate. We're trying to add more, more, more flair and identity to our city. I think that which people will argue that we're not really doing it properly, but well, the Flames we have trying. been here the whole time. Right? Yeah. There and I mean, it certainly helps when the Flames are playing for businesses, especially in the playoffs. Like the Flames make a deep playoff run. Those bars and restaurants, they're sure. all packed. For sure. And they're making tons of money, especially if you have an overtime game. People yeah. want to drink and Saturday yeah. night game or Friday night game. It's no different than the Stampede Week, right? Like when we make the playoffs, everybody's out and about. Everyone's spending money. Yeah. You know, the economy gets a slight boost. I mean, the money has to come from somewhere. So, I mean, but so why don't you have a... Why would you be okay with tax money going towards a new arena? But I... So this will... I'm not going to like go astray here and talk about my problems with current economic systems of the world here but I think that there needs to be something said when you know our tax systems in general are very like I mean we've been using the same tax system since basically the fucking 1800s okay like it, none of the shit's changed the only thing we've done is like certain uh, reformations of like okay if you make X amount of money then you should pay X amount of taxes and, and so, so on and so forth I feel like there needs to be a time where, you know, city gives it out as a vote to people. Who wants to po- put an extra hundred bucks into their taxes in the year of 2018, let's say. That's when they start having that plan to start doing it. If enough people, if say like, you know, 200,000 people voted yes, yeah, I'll put an extra hundred bucks in my taxes that year to help fund the new stadium. 200,000 people, hundred bucks. That's not small money. No, no. And I mean, like, but I mean, it's, again, it shouldn't those be a burden. cost money, and the city doesn't like doing those. Like, for sure. Was the last time you there, saw them do that kind of for sure. There's a citywide poll. Yeah, like I'm not saying it ends there, right? I'm saying okay, say they get that money and they start building the stadium. They get some corporate sponsorships. They got the money ready to go, paid off. It's still gonna be a tax burden for everybody else that said no, because you're still gonna have to like draw some loans. For the stadium, yeah, yeah, you, oh, yeah. you know, there's got to be new infrastructure built and all this stuff. So, you know, what I'm trying to get at is more of a situation where it's like, if you have someone that votes yes and does that, 
then you would have an, you'd have a rough budget on not only will it cost upfront to build the stadium, but how much it's going to cost to maintain and run the stadium and what you need to do for the next 10 years. And if they say, okay, we had 300,000 people in the city vote yes, this is what we estimate you need to pay taxes for for the year of 2018 for us to run the stadium and that's not a tax burden for the rest of the people out there. I think that's a good idea, but I don't know how much it costs to run a vote like that. I don't know how much it costs for, but I mean, we're, there are people are just hurting for jobs here. So, I mean, like, I'm not too against that either. It shouldn't be that expensive to run a vote. But the other angle is, though, is that the U.S. is infamous for this taxation for building stadiums. They are so screwed financially in certain states because they sat there and built these state-of-the-art stadiums. And they don't get shit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't generate nearly as much money as they would claim. But the people don't actually have a choice. Yeah, they're paying it. Right? They're just paying it. They just... Vegas. Totally. They, they are just on the hook for it. So at least here we have a choice. Or at least it's at a point where a government can't just do it on us. They can't just build a stadium and say, hey, fuck you. We're building stadiums. Good for us. Right? I don't know. I mean... Don't you th- like you think we need new stadium? Don't you? We do need new stadium. Like we're like, one of the old. We're oh, second oldest. Oh, our stadium sucks. Or something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. And I mean, I like the dome from a sentimental point of view, the saddle sure. dome. Yeah, it looks kind of. But cool. yeah. it's garbage. Oh, I mean, it's awful. If you've been to other, I've been to MSG, been yeah. to whatever the. I went to Bell Center. Stupid ass place in Vancouver is called. Yeah. MSG's tiered, and you can you walk out and you want to buy a beer. Yeah. You just walk up to some guy and hand him your $85 and then you walk <laughs> away and you're good to go. You want to go to the bathroom? Yeah. You, you don't have to, you, you don't line up. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I've been to Wembley Stadium in London, 90,000 people. Now you want to take a piss? There's just like, it's just, there's just piss everywhere. Yeah. But I mean, it's not, you don't have to line up like you do at the dome. Like that's, a, that's outrageous. Yeah. That the, cool. your whole period break, if you want to do two, if you want to say, Two things you can't do at the dome during a period break. If you want to, if you want to pee or have an ice cream, you can't do both. Yeah. Like that, those ice cream stalls. <laughs> if I don't, they should put more of those in there because every other vendor does not seem to have the lineup that those ice cream guys have. No. Those those guys are just it's lined up like the bathroom. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to go to the washroom, you gotta line up and wait. And then if you want an ice cream, you gotta line up more. You're missing five minutes of the next period. Totally. Like that, those should be streamlined. They should be tiered. Not that these are like really, really. My well, they're not, I don't know. But you want in stadium in stadium terms, like you're going to this thing, you're paying a large amount of money to be entertained, and you have to endure these yeah. <laughs> quote unquote hardships. It almost like, turns you off from going to the game, knowing that you need to wait. Yeah, it's like I gotta stand in line. <laughs> And, and then like I gotta watch people like swaying back and forth and like the guy's pee is spraying on me and stuff <laughs> like sticky. that. Yeah, you're just like, oh. And the man. stadium itself, the style dome, I love it too. It's got a lot of nostalgia. But the fact that we only have one giant ring concourse. I know. Is that's that's so that's so nineteen eighty whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but we just we need a new you know, and I remember hearing someone say something about the saddle loan. The biggest problem with the saddle loan was that we don't have escalators. That was the biggest problem. And it's like, well, I, I guess, I mean, it makes access hard for people with disabilities for sure, which you want to have an inclusive building, definitely. Yeah, how many elevators do we have? Like, I don't even know. Do we have an elevator? I think we have like Because if you, if you want to watch in a wheelchair, you're watching on the main concourse, I yeah, think, in that, in that area there. That's true. You have no, you have no other choice. Pretty sure there's a couple, but yeah, anyway. 
Yeah, maybe, but they're they're. So where would you where would you have to see? Well, I mean, they had that original plan over by the Greyhound station on the west side of downtown, but to clean up all that shit was one point so, so much money. It yeah, was a lot of money. There's problems with the ground too. Or yeah, something. It's, contaminated. it's contaminated, and then you have to tear down those buildings. So apparently that's gone away, and that was the idea that had the field house and the stamps can play there too, and everyone's happy. I mean, the stamps. The Stamp Stadium isn't great, but I mean, I heard Canada put in a joint USA and Mexico World Cup, World Cup bid, and McMahon Stadium was one of the stadiums. So you're going to have a World Cup game in McMahon Stadium if, if they get such so, bid. So messed up. Too. It'll be like Ghana against Uruguay or something. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> they still consider McMahon Stadium to be a World Cup caliber stadium. Which is so screwed up to me. But uh, they still have that like speaker thing, like in the middle, yeah. By, like yeah. cords. That's the main system. Oh god. Okay. Yeah. God help us if we get a World Cup game. <laughs> like the parking alone is gonna be a disaster, man. Like you can't even well, park at that bloody place. No, you can't. And that's another thing. Like if you're gonna build a new stadium, you know I'm I'm more of the fan of going to the Stampede Grounds. Um, I don't know how much it costs to like basically tear down the saddle dome and rebuild something on top of that. But we do need a place to stay or to play, so we can't really do that. I mean... So the sec- that, that, that was planned. That was the original plan. Calgary, Calgary Next or something? Yeah, like the one near the Greyhound. There's the alternative plan. Plan B was to be right in the parking lot, really close to where the dome is. Yeah. Which they so ingeniously called Plan B. Yeah. It's genius. I mean, just build an arena there, sure. Yeah. Whatever they do, do not build an arena outside of downtown. And I think that that's C. I think oh, that's, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. That is a terrible idea. Not Building it out of Balzac downtown. or something. Yeah, yeah. Know. You know, Ottawa has their arena not even close to downtown. They can't even sell tickets for their playoffs. It's and and they're in the finals. Yeah, it's and it's nice. Ottawa. It's a city, you know, roughly the same size as Calgary. I'm assuming they have passionate fans there, and they just like, no, I don't want to go there. Yeah. And Calgary's even large. It takes you know sometimes half an hour to get from the suburbs into downtown when traffic is good. Yeah. And these people are still making the trip, so it's just. I so, think you got to keep it downtown. So you and I are hitting a crossroads here because, really, we both want a stadium. I'm okay with like voluntary payments. You're not okay with taxation. Yeah. So who who's gonna do this for us? This king king has so much money. Well, he's not going to pay for it. It's, I mean, his, it's like, his business. It's a private business. Totally. He owns but I mean, the team. Our, our companies... So the city do, of Calgary... Do, is the city of Calgary responsible for paying for any private business when they want a new place for their workers? No, absolutely not. Like, but we need to go out... Like, I'm assuming he's hoping for some corporations coming in and being like, okay, let's do this. Like, How much money do they make every year? So what's yeah. the salary cap? $75 million? They're paying $75 million in salaries. Yeah. But they're paying all the miners. Do they own the dome? Uh, that's a good question. If they own the dome or if they lease the dome, you're paying. Yeah, you're paying everyone. Part of me thinks this. So like what a hundred million in salaries? I don't know how much for living in Burke are getting paid. It's probably. Well, I mean, three or four or five million. Well, they're still you still have to pay them. No, I know that, but like, okay, I guess what more I'm asking you is like, okay, how do we get one? How do we get a stadium? How do we get one? Without burdening the I think, tax. I think what it's going to... I think right now the Flames are in a holding pattern with this Olympic bid. Yeah. And they're just going to wait it out because the city's hand is weakened substantially if they win an Olympic bid. Yeah. 
If they get an Olympic bid, Ken King's just like, screw you. You need a new arena because the Olympics are coming in 2026. What are you going to do now? And then, and then she's going to have his tail between his legs. Um, and he's going to have to come up with some... I'm surprised that he... Is, is Nenshi actually like... Nenshi is staunchly against public funds for the for the Flames. No, for agreed. But is he all for this Olympic thing? He can't be. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. That'd be interesting. So, listeners, let us know if you know about... Because I haven't actually seen... Quotes from Nenshi about it. Like, I haven't actively looked for it. Well, I'm sure we'll find out soon because there's an election on it. But he cannot say, you can't be a mayor that says, I'm saying no to a stadium for our local professional hockey team. And and then be balls in on the Olympics when arguably the Olympics would probably put us in even bigger debt. Well, again, that's going to weaken his hand too, right? Yeah. So he's probably scheming away right now in his mom's basement about what he's going to do. You know, like... (laughs) You know, he did... He, I mean, everyone's going to have their own opinion on this. Like, he did all right for the city. But, I mean, there there's, there's has to be something you said about a guy that's allowing for things to be built randomly around the city that look like absolute shit in my mind. <laughs> and we're putting all this money in art, which I'm, I actually love art, man. I love art. But, but isn't, isn't the point but of that dude, art so that people talk about it? Like, all we yeah, do is talk about these is, two pieces of art in the city. I know, but, like, it's... It just it's very ironic that we're okay with spending money on that, but we're not okay with like even like entertaining the idea because it feels like the idea of a stadium is not even entertained right now. Well, if you've seen, he's a hard no. You know where unless I'm Glenmore Trail goes underneath McLeod and Elbow there. Yeah, that art is just freaking fish on the side there. Yeah, it looks like shit. Oh, no, no, no one in Calgary can be pleased by any of the artwork that gets done. Like, what do we want? To go to the Louvre and hang the Mona Lisa? Well, like, no, like of course not. Like, I don't know. Like, those rusty towers that they put on, like... <laughs> it has to symbolize something, doesn't it? What does it symbolize? It's, well, there was an argument about how it was, like, insulting, like, like, rich, like burial rituals or something like that. What? Seriously, like, they were talking about that... <laughs> Anyway, we've really like gone gone aside there, but yeah, no, but like, it's just it just comes back down to like, okay, people like you and I are arguing about this like nonstop about you know about the stadium, all the stuff, who's going to pay for it, but I just feel like what we're doing right now is reflecting exactly what's going on between the organization and the city. It's like no, we're not going to entertain this. Like yeah, I really love they're talking at this point. Fuck, and I wouldn't be talking either. Like if you're Nenshi and you're like totally against this whole idea. And you're saying no. Then if you're the flames, you're either following through with your threat and saying, okay, we're, we're going to go. Or you're just sort of waiting until the next election to make a final push for either, hey, help us build a stadium or we're actually gone. If Nenshi gets reelected, then they're probably like, ah, oh, shit. But if someone else gets elected that's, you know, a little bit more in their minds reasonable to talk about this stuff or more open to this idea... Then maybe maybe that's what they're waiting for. Maybe that's why we haven't heard about it. Yeah, I think it'll come up more closer to the election, and opinions on arenas and Olympics will come up more in the election when you actually see yeah how it's shaping. Which now. which is interesting because it's not often you hear that as a debate point, but I bet you this will come up. Well, what else? I don't know what else they're going to talk the uh, the economy. I'm mean, well, for sure to talk about infrastructure and well for sure. I mean, getting we, more green and space and we need what more, they've all done in we need their diversification industry. I bet you stuff like that. But I anyway, pr- I planted some shrubs. That's a politics podcast we don't have. So, okay. Anyway, but we both agree on stadium. We just don't know how the hell we're going to do it. Just so, like everybody else. <laughs> I had my opinions on the dome that I expressed about two hardships for ice cream and yeah. urinating, but. 
if you could change one thing about the dome, and this can be anything, it doesn't have to be the physical limitations of the building or the kind of kiosks that are there. Maybe you don't like the color of the seat fabric. I don't know. If you could change one thing in the dome, what would it be? Oof, that's a good question. Um... I think the big thing for me about the dome is the uh, is the access to the bathrooms for sure. <laughs> I I don't know like anyone listening out there, but I have been in situations where I've had some real fucking close calls. Like I am not kidding. Alcohol. Like especially like I don't know like I have said no to people to go into games when I find out that they're like dead middle of a row. And I don't want to have to get up and you don't like want to be that. Walk, you just gotta be wait that guy. That, Ten yeah. minutes into the and second, and you're sitting there, and your legs are shaking, and like you're, you're, you're like your body's starting to ache. Like I, I fucking hate that. Um, I was trying to hold it until the end of the yeah. period. But those beers, those saddle dome beers. Oh, yeah, and that's that was my last one. Is the beers like? I everyone knows about dome beers giving you like they they call them heroin beer. Like you get the worst hangover after like three of them. I don't know. They got to do some something about that. Yeah, like, clean the draft. You got to clean the fucking lines or I don't know shit about these pipes, but like, <laughs> this is brutal, man. Like, I can't handle that shit. Um, but yeah, like, other than that, like, it's, I mean, the whole thing is just old design. I mean, it's, it's outdated and it just needs like a big refresh. And we just don't have it right now, unfortunately. <laughs> Edmonton got it. You know, like, they deserved it. They needed it, though. Their downtown just needed some rejuvenation. Because, yeah. well, Ed- Edmonton. Yeah. But like you said about pipes, I hope the biggest refresh for the Flames this year and their most success is between them. So I-, I can live with the unclean beer pipes if between the pipes oh, yeah. we're soft. Don't get me wrong. I'll... I'll- I'll have diarrhea the next day if it means <laughs> the Flames make the playoffs and the finals and win the damn cup, okay? I'll, if that oh, beer makes that, me vomit... Awesome. Like, you'd have more than... You'd yeah, have, I'd be okay with that. You'd have testicular cancer. Well, well, I wouldn't go that far. But I would definitely get sick enough that, you know, that I can recover from if the Flames make the playoffs and make the final and win the cup. Like, I'm... Whatever. You know what? You can have the shittiest fucking beer in the world. Like, it could be from God knows where and I, I'll still drink it. I don't care. Charge me 10 bucks. 84 in New York. 84. Yeah. Well, I think that's enough for today. Um, we'll see how things shape down for the Flames come towards the end of August. Not much is going to happen. Hopefully preseason will start soon and training camp will open. Then we'll have a bit of news about things. Maybe some contract news about Bennett. Maybe some trades. Maybe not. I highly doubt it. But it'll be nice to see the boys back on the ice and can't wait for hockey. Okay, until next time, bye-bye.